everyone, welcome to another episode of My Loops Are Up Here. So today is going to be a little different. Normally I have guests and we have conversations about their journey or just certain aspects about dentistry or just ourselves and today it's just going to be me. Um, I had a request by a listener and um, she she was talking about how she really wanted to learn a little bit more about my journey as an entrepreneur and more specifically, you know, why that drove me to start this podcast and just really my journey. So um, this is, you know, going to be about that in this episode. Um, so I wanted to start by saying, first off, so sorry that it took, you know, a little bit for this one to kind of get launched you know, I ran into some technical difficulties and um, although a little disappointing for the delay, uh, some amazing things really actually happened during this. Um, I had an opportunity to connect with the owner, uh, one of the owners, I should say, and co-founders of Coco Floss, and our conversation will be um, featured in September. And another amazing thing was I got a chance to also connect with Dr. Shivani Kamodia, and she is this beautiful soul um, who, you know, has throughout her dental school and um, professional journey, you know, gotten a chance to really uh, focus in on her yoga practice, and she has built this amazing community of women healthcare workers and um, created this, help create this collective of um, women business owners as well as uh, women dentists and others in healthcare. And um, I'm really excited to join her team. And also in return, she is going to join our team here at My Loops Are Up Here. She and I are going to continue to work on, you know, having these amazing raw conversations with colleagues about not just dentistry, but about how we got to where we we are and just, you know, really peeling back the layers of us as women, us as the individual, and who we really are beyond, you know, the mask and who people see us um, professionally. So I'm really excited for kind of the evolution of my loops are up here because I think this is really going to be an amazing collaboration going forward. And now to chat about me, I guess. (laughs) I first want to go and start off with the fact that, you know, I started this podcast because I wanted to have these really great raw discussions with women in the business. You know, there's a lot of podcasts out there that discuss, you know, the business side of dentistry or certain dental hacks or um, about these particular procedures and protocols and what people are doing. And I didn't find a lot out there that just spoke to um, women dentists in particular about entrepreneurship, um, about, you know, managing teams, about starting a practice. Um, and not only that, but speaking to those specific women about what was life outside of that, you know, work-life balance, what does that truly mean? 
And how do we make sure that, you know, we're staying true to ourselves? I think that's really the key is, you know, I was craving the need to stay connected to myself. And I felt that I lost that along the way. You know, I start, came to Chicago um, to start practicing and I had this grandeur idea of, you know, I have this these set hours and I'm going to do so much outside of these hours and I'm going to focus on my art. I'm going to hone in my cooking skills. And I expected to have this work-life balance that, you know, I know I discussed with... Um, the dental yogis, I expected to have this work-life balance that they really do sell in dental school. And it just turned out that when I left the office, I was so drained. And I couldn't figure out why I was always so drained. And then I started to really think about it as of recent. You know, what drains me about work? And I thought about it from a associate standpoint, and I thought about it from an entrepreneurial standpoint. And from an associate standpoint, I felt that I, especially in these particular practices that I had been in on, and I'll kind of get into those those style of practices here in a little bit, but I felt that I was taking on what an owner would take on in terms of managing the team, in terms of managing the patients, managing the flow, and having the schedule look like how I wanted it to, but I wasn't reaping any of the benefits. And, you know, as we all know, especially as dentists, you know, dentistry can bring a lot of anxiety to patients. You know, there is something about energy transference. You do feel that anxiety almost transfer to you. You know, when somebody is very anxious, you know, I do a lot of breathing exercises with my patients, but that came later, you know, in my career. That wasn't necessarily the first thing that I ever, you know, jumped into doing or thought to do. So I would leave the day with some of the anxiety that the patients felt and I, it it weighed on me and it ended up creating this emotional and mental exhaustion when I would get home from work and I would feel drained. I felt entirely drained from the day. And then I lost this work-life balance because when I was home, I wouldn't explore, always explore the things that I wanted to do. And some of it had to do with, you know, personal life decisions at the time. Um, You know, I wasn't necessarily in a relationship with somebody that at that point in time that promoted me, you know, or helped me kind of regain that side of myself. But that aside, you know, I have to take some responsibility, if not all responsibility for my actions. And I realized only recently, and to be honest, it took my current current partner and who is now my spouse to really start to do and make sure that I was starting to be true to myself Because I think it's so important to be true to who you are. And when you're surrounded, when when you've surrounded yourself by a situation that you want to be in, it's very easy to do that. And I'm so grateful for all the steps that I've had along the way. But it really isn't, wasn't until, let's, I'm nine years into my career now. 
So I've been in my practice almost so seven and a half years into my career that I finally started making decisions that were really true to myself, true to the things that I wanted to do, not only just at work, but at home as well. So a little bit about my journey. Um, I graduated from dental school in 2011. I had no family members that were dentists, and I felt that as amazing dental as as dental school was, and I had a fantastic um, mentor uh, during school, I still felt that I needed more training. So I did end up applying to a residency program, a general practice residency program in Cleveland. I stayed in Cleveland where I graduated from dental school, and I got a ton of experience, not only just working with patients all day, but specific procedures that I enjoyed. And um, that really gave me a fantastic foundation for the competitive environment that Chicago was. So Chicago is home. And so I knew that I wanted to come back to Chicago. And so once I finished residency, I moved back. My first job in Chicago was a large group practice. And I will say this, I learned a lot. They were long 10 to 12 hour days and I had the opportunity to learn how to manage a very busy schedule. You know, we don't do hygiene checks in um, dental school or in residency, so I didn't understand any of that. And when I got to the real world, I had to manage, okay, how do I do my own procedures but then also take a look at these, meet these new patients and also, um, do, you know, say, do the examination for their recare appointments and then go back to doing my work and still manage to stay on time. And it was definitely a learning curve, you know, um, but, you know, I had great experience assistants that helped along the way and I had other great doctors that I worked alongside and, um, Really, truly a shout out to them because they really helped me gain the confidence that I needed to take the next steps. So after I left that particular practice for about, after about nine months, to be honest, um, I got burnt up pretty quickly, you know, um, high, high, high producing practice, um, learned a lot, but the days were exhausting, 10, 12 hour days of two columns, of, you know, staggering production, you're, you're really, you know, your body is working and you start to feel the weight of that work. Um, so it wasn't somewhere I could particularly be long-term. Um, once I left that practice, um, I did meet somebody that gave me an opportunity to, um, work not only in the suburbs, um, at a mixed practice with not only insurance fee for service, but also with the Medicaid population. And then also a separate practice in um, the city that was a newer, more modern practice. So when I was at this new, the newer practice of the two, I really thought that I'd have more support on the dentistry side. You know, we had a manager, which was amazing, that helped with the team. Um, but I was really just, you know, nine months out trying to, you know, help start this scratch start practice. In theory, it was great, and I was able to understand the hard work that it took to grow a practice from scratch, like completely from scratch in a neighborhood, and um, 
you know, I was like, okay, I do think that I want to do this on my own at some point, but I feel that I need more under my belt. Once I finished that with that opportunity, I actually transitioned to another practice in um, the city. Now, the interesting about this practice, with this tidbit, I should say, is they were a lot of the reason, along with my significant other at the time, um, of why I moved to Chicago. They're a well-known practice across the city, and I had had conversations with them about, hey, when an opportunity opens with us, we'll let you know. And finally, that opportunity came after this, you know, the second job. So I joined their team, um, kind of transitioning out of the, the, you know, one practice, working with them, and really learned a lot under that doctor. You know, I learned, um, I feel like I had a pretty good grasp of treatment planning. It really helped me go to the next level because I really truly had that um, clinical mentor, you know, in... Not in, not in the dental school sense, but in like the real world sense where they could help me really, you know, adjust treatment plans, make sure that I was, you know, thinking the right way um, and just more one-on-one mentorship. So it was a really great opportunity um, for me to really, you know, continue to grow as a practitioner. I'm now at that point three years out you know, getting my bearings, feeling comfortable working on patients in the real world, talking them through the risks, the benefits, sometimes the complications that happen afterwards. And I'm feeling pretty confident about myself as a practitioner. But it was wonderful to have that provider with me side by side because um, I really got to develop and evolve how I treatment planned. And I loved being in that practice scenario or setting because it was a very busy practice. So I got a chance to have that, you know, which was great. Then from there, this opportunity came to start, help them start a new practice. So here I am again in a de novo situation. But I felt that this was different because they had been, it's already a name that had been established in the city. And also I had promise of ownership at some point in time, to some degree. Partnership is really what this was. And I'm going to be honest. I really believed that that opportunity was there for me. It was told to me. It was told to me. It was told to me. Nothing was ever put in writing, but it was told to me. So I really, truly believed that that was going to happen for me. And... Obviously, you guys all knowing that I own my own business now, it didn't. Um, but the, the two and a half, three years that I spent helping build that Genova practice really, really gave me the ultimate groundwork to help build my practice. I learned what my management style was, you know, how much I wanted to be friends with my, my team and how much I wanted to let them into my personal life. That's always a struggle. You know, trying to figure out how much you want them to know about you personally, that you want them to be your family, but at the same time, you want to maintain this professional relationship. So that takes a while to figure out and navigate um, how to navigate your management style when it comes to disciplinary actions. 
what kind of team you want to build. I learned all of those things alongside with, you know, managing collections and insurance. And like I said, I got groomed very well to get all of the skills um, under my belt to be a successful business owner on my own. Unfortunately, I had to part ways with them because my expectations weren't met. And now here I am as my own entrepreneur. You know, I'm almost two years into my own business and unfortunately still slightly bitter about the way things panned out. Not because I'm not proud of doing what I do on my own, but I feel that I've been a little hard on myself in regards to how come I let things go for as long as I did. And I think really for you know the new dentists that are listening out there and listening to this journey, I don't want that to discourage you because everybody has their own path to get to where they want to be. You know, unfortunately or fortunately, you know, my story is not really that unique. You know, I have um, one of my closest friends in dental school. You know, she was an associate for many years and she ended up opening up her own practice. You know, there are a lot of scenarios where associates sometimes can get taken advantage of. And it's not in every scenario. And I don't want to give associateship a bad rep because it's not. It is right for some people and it's not right for others. You know, associateships are fantastic in the sense of you get to go do the dentistry, follow up on your patients, and then when you leave the office, you get to leave the office. You don't have to think about the 4 a.m. text messages of, you know, I'm not feeling well today or this is going on personally, Um, but you get to go to work, grind it out, and then enjoy your life at home in a different way. Um, I found personally coming from a family of entrepreneurs that, you know, I really always had the dream of kind of owning my own business. And um, so that's really what drove me to kind of take the journey that I took. I'm a little disappointed in myself that I didn't, that this journey before ownership wasn't a shorter one. That I listened to my gut more about where this opportunity really was going to lead me. I should have listened to my gut more in that asking for things to be in writing and if they weren't pushing it more than I really did. You know, I am somebody that, and I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing again, I tend to trust a lot of individuals. And as great as great as it is, it sometimes can elongate certain decisions And then it creates, like I said, this bitterness because you didn't take action sooner or when you really felt that you should have. And that instinctual response was placed aside because you believe that it could be something different. And this can apply to, you know, personal relationships. Um, This happened to apply to a professional one. Um, the good news is that like we all, everybody has left, uh, you know, everyone parted on great terms. So it wasn't, you know, this wasn't something that really, you know, turned negative in any way, you know? And so 
you know, fast forward now to here I am, you know, as a business owner, year and a half, two years later almost. And I am so proud of my team, you know, who I've brought into the practice because they have really helped me become successful. I am where I am because of who I have with me. I realized along the way that I personally needed um, a lot of self-starters. I needed individuals that I could do a whole day of dentistry and maybe just check in on them one or two times during the day and say, okay, where are we at with this? Where are we at with this? Where are we at with this? And understand where they're at and then they're going back to their work. And because I have individuals that are like that in my practice, it allows me to focus on the dentistry and allows me to focus on the business side of it without having to spend too much time on the management of it. Now, don't get me wrong. There are times where I realize there's more help that they need that they haven't always shared. And I'm really still learning to how to balance, you know, being a manager, being a dentist, as well as being the business owner and running that. And realizing sometimes that I put a lot on certain individuals and realize that in order for certain individuals to do the best they can, they can't always take on everything that I am, you know, asking of them. And so it's definitely still an evolution. It's definitely still a work in progress. Um, But it's truly been, you know, an interesting and really enjoyable journey, I will have to say. Um, I, I love, I love owning, you know, I love being my own boss. Um, it is stressful, but when I close the doors or when I leave the office every day, I am so grateful for, you know, the journey that's led me here and the fact that, you know, I have... I've had this practice, you know, and how, and I've watched it grow and I still see so much potential and I feel that, you know, there is still so much life that's ahead and I'm so excited to see one in like 10 years, what, what procedures am I still practicing? Do I have associates coming in? And I realize like, it's all possible, you know, everything that we do, if we put our mind to it, it's possible. And what I've now realized um, is it takes heart, it takes conviction, it takes vigor, and it is exhausting. You know, it's truly, truly exhausting. So when, you know, everything with COVID happened, COVID-19, and we had to shut down, it was extremely stressful. I was like, oh my God, how am I going to st- sustain my finances? Can I keep paying my employees? How long is this going to last? And, you know, I did make a decision to keep my team on, you know, during this journey. And it was stressful, but I will say the best thing that came out of COVID-19 for myself, for the time that was shut off, 
was my ability to one, start this podcast, (laughs) and number two, to remember that I have hobbies outside of my work because it really does take checking yourself every few months to make sure that you are continuing to be true to yourself. You know, what does it mean to be true to yourself? Ultimately, it's do what you want to do. That's really what it comes down to, you know? You have to be able to do what makes you happy. And that, I think, can be really hard for people because we have in our lives certain expectations certain of ourselves, certain expectations that others place on us, whether it's family members, your mentors, whether it's significant others, honestly, expectations that you place on yourself. Um, and sometimes you can be your hardest critic. And we usually are, to be honest, because we want to do it all. We want to have every single piece of our life ironed out because it makes us feel better. It makes us feel more successful. It makes us also feel that we can present to the world that we have it all. And it's okay if not every second of every day you have it all or that you're able to present yourself as having it all because that is exhausting. This construct of this working woman, this business owner woman, potentially a mom, potentially a significant other, and how everything has to be perfect all the time. And it's just not. Sometimes the business doesn't do well that month or you're struggling with finding the right team members or something is you know, going wrong day after day or you come home and it's just not you know, the healthiest environment ever, you know, when you're at home at that point in time. I mean, these things can sometimes really snowball. And it's like, how do you keep it together? And I realized along the way, and I'm, to be fair, I am still, it's, this is a work in progress, which is why, I mean, I know you guys had heard episode one with Kelly. I have a coach because I need help. You know, I need help holding myself accountable for my actions and inactions. I need help staying grounded and sane in where I am at this point in time, you know, in the journey of entrepreneurship, the journey of marriage, the journey of future motherhood, whatever it may be, you know, I need to make sure that I am staying true to what I want out of life and what where I see myself. And I think that I, I hope that from listening to my journey, I know it was a lot of, you know, back and forth here that the biggest takeaway for you guys is stay true to yourself the entire way. It's my biggest piece of advice. Professionally, whether it's continued associateship, if you want more, ask for it. It's okay. It's okay to ask for what you want. And if you don't feel like you're getting what you want, change it. Evolve. Grow from it. 
and transition so that you can gain what you are looking for out of your life. Because not doing the things that you want to do can really suck the livelihood out of you. Because when we do the things that are true to ourselves, we really feel more whole. It's so true. And if you can remove the pressures of social constructs and pressures of professional constructs to a certain degree, then you can be really happy and really proud of where you are in your life and what you are doing. And I think that's so important. It's so important to be kind to yourself and true to yourself. And if I've learned anything along this journey of nine years, if I've learned anything along the self-reflection during, you know, our time, the two and a half um, months of time off is I need to be better about it. And in that sense, I would recommend everyone also, you know, taking that time, whether it's journaling, getting a coach, therapist, a wonderful women's collective, whatever it is for you, take that time. Take that time to make sure that, you know, you are doing things in your life that you want to be doing. And trying your best to remove pressures from your life of feeling that you haven't fulfilled X, Y, and Z in the time that you want to do it. There's still so much that I want to do. You know, I want to try better about reading every night. I want to prioritize reading more. Um, I want to prioritize spending an evening and listening to records more. And I realized the only way for me to do some of these things without feeling guilty is starting to journal, you know, starting to write down and create something tangible about short-term and long-term goals and be able to hold myself to them to a certain degree without putting too much pressure if things don't happen in the timeline that I'm hoping they would. Well, I... (laughs) I know I said a lot today and, um, you know, I want to thank you guys for listening to my journey. I hope that what I have to say in regards to self-reflection resonates with you all and um, truly appreciate all of your support so far and I can't wait to see what comes ahead and I hope you guys continue to listen. 